This is the senior pastor of This Rock International, Nathaniel Leon. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm so excited to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. We believe that God is going to minister to you in a great, great way, and I believe God's going to speak in an awesome way to His people. So I'm going to ask you if you're watching us live to do that work of the evangelist, share the broadcast, uh, let somebody know on. If you're watching us via our CPN Charisma Podcast Network. I'm also going to ask you to share the broadcast. If if this blesses you, we're praying that the grace of the Lord would abound and that he would be glorified through our time together. We're going to just give you just a few minutes to join in, and we're going to pray that his uh, goodness would overwhelm us and that we would hear from him in a great, great way. So uh, we're glad you're with us. We're praying that his favor would abound and that uh, the goodness of God would be seen in the land of the living. We're believing that this is a year of supernatural favor and increase and we're excited about the presence of the lord uh, i'm wearing our raising the altar shirt those that are watching us live and i want to encourage you an altar makes a difference what is an altar it is a meeting place between god and man it is a place of encounter and we're going to talk a little bit about that this week uh, and we're going to see that god has a design to change the course of our nation for the purposes of God. So, uh, so good to see you, Sister Melissa. Uh, welcome, Sister Angie. Welcome to the broadcast. We're going to get ready to go straight into the word of the Lord in just a few moments. Our key verse uh, for the Freedom uh, Global Prophetic Podcast is out of Romans 8.21. The Bible says, The creature or the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious uh, liberty of of the children of God. Uh, so good to see you, Montez. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, welcome, welcome, Sister Anna. Welcome. Uh, we're praying that God bless you wherever you're watching and joining us from. We pray the blessing of the Lord over you, and we're praying his wisdom remain. Uh, but we're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to start with just a brief word of prayer. We're believing that God is going to encounter each of us in a significant way, and that beyond just a podcast, it is a place of encounter between God and man, that God can do anything but fail, that he can heal, he can deliver, he can save. So if you're in need of a miracle, if you're in need of a touch, I'm praying that God's presence would flow supernaturally through the airwave and that we would be changed. So let's do that now. Heavenly Father, we come before you. I invite your presence onto this podcast. That while the word of God goes forth, let healings come forth, let miracles come forth, let breakthrough hit. I ask you for wisdom, for truth, and for revelation to hit the heart and mind of those listening. But most of all, that we would gain an encounter with your presence. We pray that the goodness of God would be seen in the land of the living. Speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits, and we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, say amen. Bless you, Sister Cassandra, Sister V. Welcome to the podcast. All of you viewing, uh, the Lord bless you. And we're grateful for his word and for his presence. So Romans 8, again, Sister Gloria, welcome. Romans 8, 21 tells us that everything created shall be delivered. I want to encourage you, everything that exists is going to come into deliverance and freedom. Uh, deliverance is God's uh, pattern to bring healing and restoration. The word deliver means to make free or to bring into liberty, to bring into freedom. God wants to bring creation into freedom. Well, what does that mean? I want to encourage you. I want to remind you anytime uh, a son or daughter is not ruling in an area, in a sphere, 
in a in a in a system that system is under bondage it can be good people and it doesn't mean we don't love the world but let me make it clear when god's sons and daughters are in position that earth, that planet, that city, that region, that job, that territory, that school system is under a blessing. When the righteous rule, there's a blessing that comes upon the land. But when the wicked are in, in authority or those that do not know God are in authority, there's a curse on the land. I want to remind you of something the Lord said a while back. Uh, why does why do the children of Israel need to wait 40 years for something the children of Canaan already possessed? Because as long uh, as the children of this world possess land and influence and authority and have dominion, the thing that God made is under vain glory. So the earth is under vain glory. We read this before verse number uh, we'll go to verse number 22. It says, we know that everything created, Romans 8, 22, we know that the whole of creation is groaning and travailing in pain until now. So everything created is under is, an, is in pain. Everything that exists is under a groan, a cry. It is not a cry and a celebration. We know that the, the trees can clap their hands. We know that the mountains can sing and rejoice. So everything in creation has a frequency. They're finding this in quantum physics, that everything in existence has a sound wave in it. So whatever exists has a sound wave in it. And that sound when God's sons and daughters are in position brings a rejoicing, brings a harmony. When God's sons and daughters are not ruling, when men and women who do not know the Lord are in authority, there's a, a cry in the earth because God made authority to come from his leadership. So whenever there's leadership that's in position that is not after the nature of God, there's a groan in creation. That's why the, 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 the tornadoes look angry. That's why the hurricanes look fierce. That's why the fires and the, and the shaking of the world around us looks like destruction. Bless you, Pastor Michelle. Happy New Year to you and our Florida family. Please send our love to you and your husband. Everything that exists is looking for the, the sons and daughters of God. See, until Joseph gets in position, famine is coming and destruction is on the way. Until Esther steps into her place of authority, until she uses the favor with the king, uh, uh, a sure destruction and genocide is coming to the people of God. Until Moses rises up and brings his people out, there is a limitation. But what I want to tell you that God is looking to reveal the glory of God through the sons and daughters of God. The creature itself or everything created will be set free from the bondage of corruption. I'm going to say that again. That's what the world is tired of. Uh, atheists are tired of this. Agnostics are tired of this. Uh, 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 Buddhists, uh, Muslims, all of the whole world around us are tired of corruption. We are tired of perverted power. That's why people are angry. When, when when they see power being misused, whether it's authority, whether it's political power, whether it's governmental power, and they're using it for themselves. That's called corruption. Corruption is not perversion. Corruption is perverted power, perverted authority. When we use an office like a, 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 a governmental office, like a mayor status, like a, 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 a ruling uh, governing authority that should be for the people and you use it for selfish gain and self, uh, selfish lucre when it's used for self and not the good of the majority, it is called corruption. 
And the Bible says when when uh, when corruption is leading the world, the systems will lead the people into bondage. This is the word slavery. Now, slavery is not new. It didn't start 400 years ago. It didn't start when America started. It didn't start at apartheid. It started uh, when man fell. Man, when man ran from God, man became a slave to this system. Man was meant to rule the earth the way God ruled the heaven. And when man partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3, he was kicked out of the garden. Now he is he is tending a ground. He is working a ground by the sweat of his brow that he was meant to rule. And this system of slavery, and now you're, you're tending the ground to eat. And now a system is in place that is keeping man outside of rulership and in slavery. And now uh, the systems of Babylon, the systems uh, of the first city built are, are, are erected, but they're not built on liberty. They're built on enslaving one another because we have a dominion mandate. You see, the Antichrist spirit wants dominion over people. The difference between the spirit of Christ and the spirit, or the spirit of Christ and the spirit of Antichrist, which makes them different, is dominion is is similar. We, we are born for domination. We are born for rulership. We are born to win. That's why you're not a good loser. You're not meant to lose. You're born to win. Israel means God wins. Israel, the name Israel, the nation God wanted to name all his people is God wins. You're born to win. You're not born to lose. You shouldn't learn to lose. And now you shouldn't be a poor sport, but you're made to win. You're made for victory. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed going in and blessed going out. You're more than a conqueror. This is your status. Now, whenever we lose, we want to retreat. Whenever man begins to lose or suffer loss, the temptation is to withdraw. But let me encourage you, in Christ, you are more than a conqueror. In Christ, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In Christ, you can do all things through God which strengthens you. In Christ, if God is for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter what it looks like, God will turn what the devil meant for evil around. But God is looking for men and women who understand the nature of God is that we operate in victory. And God wants us as his sons and daughters to operate in rulership, in dominion. But the devil wants us to rule one another. See, we're called to rule fish of the sea, birds of the air, uh, birds of the air, beasts of the field and creeping things. Everything on the planet is meant to be under our dominion except for one another. We're not meant to exercise uh, a dominion on our brother. It doesn't mean there's not authority. It doesn't mean that there's not leadership. You see, the dominion your parents have over you as a child is for your good. The dominion that you're, the rulership that it is supposed to lead you into liberty. You see, the law was meant to bring you to liberty. The purpose of the law, according to Galatians, is to bring us to Christ. And once we are in Christ, we're no longer bound by the law. But there's a spirit in the age that says the law is unuseful and they're angry at the law. And I don't have a problem with grace. I believe in grace. But grace that tries to nullify law is error. Grace that says there is no law. I can live how I want. I can drink what I want. I can smoke what I want. I can lay where I want to lay spiritually, mentally, physically. That is error, sir. You're using the grace of God to destroy yourself. And Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace way abound? God forbid. 
because the grace of God leads you to righteousness. It's the ability to serve and to be pure and to be holy as he is holy, even when we don't have the ability in ourselves. So why is that necessary? Because this world wants to bring other men into bondage. They want to bring us into slavery and they want to keep us in a slave mentality. We see this picture in Egypt. Egypt has Israel under slavery. Are you hearing me? Egypt has Israel in bondage. What is bondage? Labor works without reward. It's the, see, you're going to a job. Most of us that have a job or that are working, you go to a job and, and you give them 40 hours, 50 hours, whatever the time is, you give them a, a, a set time of salary. And at the end of one week, two weeks, or maybe once a month, they pay you a reward, a recompense that's called a wage. The wages of sin, the payment of sin is death. But there's a wage that comes as a response of what you've providing. And in order to remain employed, in order to remain on the salary, what you're, the value you bring should, uh, should uh, be related to what you're receiving in recompense. And this is the, the response of the spirit. The response of the kingdom is that we remain consistent and walking in another level of purity. Once, uh, I want to encourage you listening. God has called you to victory. God has called you to authority. God has called you to reign. But the key to reigning is being submitted unto the purpose of God and yielding and growing to be a man or woman of character. The whole purpose of parents training you and building you is so you walk in authority. Children must be corrected. Adolescents must be, be disciplined but a different way. But till you move into full maturity in your own authority. And the Bible says we have parents who chastened us, but they, they chastened us and now we give them honor later. But at, at, at no time does chastening feel good. But we understand that chastening, the Lord loves who he corrects. Have you ever had a teenager? You ever had a three-year-old get angry because you disciplined them? And they say, well, you're being too harsh. You're being too much. You're being too disciplined. You ever had a teenager tell you, don't try and control me. Don't try and tell me what to do. I know better. That's what kids do. They come and they, they, they kick and they throw their feet because they think they know better. And I want to tell you the truth. God wants you to realize God has placed authority not to destroy you or to hold you back, but to guide you till the appointed time so that you can move in dominion and liberty that doesn't lead to destruction. So there must be a balance. So there is a spirit in the earth. This spirit wants to rule other men. It wants to keep mankind in bondage. It wants to elevate themselves and keep everyone else under, under oppression, under bondage, under destruction. There's a force that is called the Antichrist spirit. And that Antichrist spirit wants to rule other men wants to rule other women, wants to keep them under the yoke of oppression so that they feel strong as the spirit of the taskmaster. But I declare the spirit of Christ is that who the son sets free is free indeed. Let me read this again. Romans 8, 21, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. And that's what we're finding in America. That's what we're finding in California. That's what we're finding in Riverside County. That's what we're finding in South Africa. That's what we're finding in the UK, that there is a spirit of bondage in Florida. And it may be better in some areas or worse in some, but there is a spirit of bondage 
a spirit of slavery that is rooted in corruption in people in authority. And the only way this thing changes, the only way this thing comes under under the yoke of the spirit of God it is when the righteous get in position. How do we deal with corruption? You say, how do we deal with, with corruption in politics? You say, well, the church doesn't have any business in politics. You haven't read your Bible, sir. You haven't read, ma'am, you haven't understood the kingdom is not a religious system. It is a form of government and that the kingdom of God will come to the earth and it will be on earth as it is in heaven. That when the glory of God manifests, when the power of God manifests, bless you, Sister Corinthia, Brother Reuben, so good to see you. Sister Nicole, welcome to the broadcast. That when the kingdom of God comes, it, uh, it makes valleys high and mountains low. It makes crooked ways straight and it makes rough places smooth. We prepare the way. When his glory comes, what is out of order comes into order. What is out of balance comes into alignment. And the Bible says an unbalanced scale is an abomination. This wickedness in leadership, this wickedness in churches, this wickedness in business practice, this spirit of wickedness in media, in television, in radio, this spirit of perversion in the education system, this spirit of wickedness and perversion in the governmental spheres. They go unchallenged until the glory comes. Now the Lord says, I make the valley high, and I take the mountain low, and I can make what was crooked straight, and I make what was rough smooth. God begins to bring order with the glory. I don't have to bring it. I can't do it. I'm not big enough to change what's happening in America, the perversion. I'm not big enough to change what's taking place in media, social media, the censorship of truth, the censorship of the word. You can say anything but truth. You can, you can proclaim your truth, but don't say the truth of the Bible. Don't talk about the sanctity of marriage. Don't talk about the purity of life in the womb. Don't talk about things that, 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 that may offend people's sensibility. You can say your truth. You can feel like you're this and that, and that's fine. You can voice, but don't, don't say the truth of the word because the truth of the word will make people free. And that spirit of bondage wants to keep people bound and, 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 and uh, in a place. Uh, bless you, Brother, Brother Danny. It's so good to see you. They, it wants to keep us in this place of intimidation, thinking we're surrounded, thinking the enemy has all the power, thinking the enemy is greater. But I want to tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That if God is on your side, no one can be against you. And God wants to manifest his glory. Here's what it says, that there will be something called glorious liberty of the children of God. That when the glory comes upon this generation, it will produce freedom that moves sons and daughters into position, into leadership. You're going to have to lead. You're going to have to steward. You're going to have to run businesses. You're going to have to run ministries. You're going to have to run media. You're going to have to run governmental systems. Are you hearing me? You're not made just to be on the backside of the mountain waiting. We're supposed to be preaching. Bless you, Brother Dietrich. Good to see you. You're not made to be preached. You're not made to sit on the backside as salt and earth and hide under a bushel. You are the light of the world, sir. You are the salt of the earth, ma'am. What good is the light that doesn't shine? What good is the salt that lost its savor? It's therefore henceforth good for nothing to be trodden under the feet of men, but light must shine and salt must savor. 
We've got to, we carry the king, the ruler, the God of heaven. Doesn't matter how big the giants are. Doesn't matter how big the governmental sphere is. Doesn't matter how much power they have and money they have and influence they have. Babylon is falling, sir. I'm going to prophesy this. The spirit of Babylon, the spirit of perversion. See, Babylon and Egypt are the same slave system. I'll say this again, but Babylon wants to rename you. Babylon wants to give you a new name. Babylon wants to take the name of Daniel and put Belteshazzar on it. It wants to rename Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego because that's their Babylonian name. Not Meshach, not Hananiah. See, they, they had godly names and the spirit of Babylon wants to take their identity and put a new identity. Isn't that familiar? Isn't that what we're dealing with? A spirit of Babylon? But you read in book, the book of Revelation, the Bible says Babylon will fall. I'm going to say that again. The spirit of Babylon is going to fall. How is it going to fall? It's going to fall by a few righteous men and women who overcome them by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Let me read Revelation, um, Revelation 14, 8. Here's what it says. And followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, fallen. One, two, established. And the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This spirit of Babylon this spirit that wants to take over the world. You remember Babylon was the greatest superpower on the planet. You remember Egypt was the greatest nation on the face of the earth and God crippled those nations. Why? Because they dared to touch the children of God. He said, I need my people to come out with freedom. But you remember God told, God told Pharaoh, let my people go. But you read the same Bible according to Exodus that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So wait a minute, this seems to be an oxymoron. Why would God tell Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the people go? But then why would God harden the heart of Pharaoh? It, it didn't make sense when I first read this. And the Lord said, I was going to do a demonstration. I was going to cripple the greatest nation on the face of the earth because they were pagan, because they, they had raised their hands against my anointed. And I was going to show how big of a God I was. I was going to cause that nation to come low. And I was going to raise all nations would hear about what the God of Israel did to Egypt. Nations were, were fearful that if God could do that to, to Egypt, then what could God do to us? And so Joshua began a campaign to take out more than 30 kings in his lifetime and to take authority and to take dominion. We're not to be compliant. We're not to be complacent. The Holy Ghost doesn't make you compliant with tyranny. The Holy Ghost doesn't make you compliant with, with wickedness. And see, if you love God, the Bible says, you will hate the enemy. You love one and you hate the other. You don't hate people. You love people. You don't hate sinners. You, you hate sin. You, but you hate sin. You hate wickedness. You hate the devil and his power. Or you will cling to one and, and you will despise the other. Or you'll stay in darkness and you'll look at the light and despise the light. But you cannot serve God and this spirit of mammon. You know mammon is a spirit of control. This spirit of Babylon you use is seduction. It uses bribery or it uses threatenings of murder. This is what that spirit does to keep people in order. But I want to tell you, there is a people prophesied in the last day that I will, will overcome them by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony because they love not their lives unto death. It doesn't mean they have to die. It means they're willing to die so they don't die. They are an overcoming people that go city to city, nation to nation, county to county, state to state, country to country, territory, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, reap the end time harvest of land, of souls, of hearts, of lives, of resource, of generations. 
That's the Joel 2 army that goes in with the glory of God and releases the harvest of souls and the last day outpouring of the Spirit of God. Are you hearing me? Revelation 18.2 tells us, And he cried mighty with a strong voice, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils and hold at the, at the, and the hold of every foul spirit and cage of unclean, hateful bird. I want to tell you this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a foul spirit. It's foul, sir. That's what you smell when you listen to the politician in your, in your country lie to you and tell you this is for your own good, tell you this is about the good of the people. You know very well it's about their bottom line. You know very well it's about their perversion and, and their agendas and their wickedness in high places. You know very well it has very little to do with, with us and more to do with them. But I want to tell you, God has seen this thing and he said, there's a people that are going to rise. There is a generation that will overcome by the blood of the lamb. I want you to understand the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony is going to produce a power and a victory in a people that are not intimidated. You cannot be intimidated. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. I'm going to read this. The Bible says, and they overcame him. Who is him then, that power, the Antichrist spirit, the spirit that says the Bible is wrong, the spirit that says you can't preach the word or we'll cancel you, sir. You can't talk the word, otherwise we're going to put you on a list and you'll be monitored, sir. You, uh, the spirit that says if you preach Jesus, we'll put you in prison, sir. Quiet yourself, muzzle your spirit. That's what the Bible talks about. The spirit talks about that expressly. But the Bible says they overcame this Antichrist spirit by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. So what God did, what Jesus did, and what we have seen God do for us come together. We talk about the blood, but we talk about where he's brought us from. We talk about the testimony of Jesus. I don't have time to get into testimony, but the word testimony is the word martyria, where we get the word martyr to die. So where have you died, sir? Where have I died, ma'am? And most people don't want to die. Most people are avoiding death. And that's why most people are changing spouses like they change church. They're, they're changing churches because they don't want to die. They, they want to go anywhere but down. They want, they, want, they want it now. They want their ministry now. They want their blessing now. But in order for you to live, you got to die. In order for you to be greatest, you got to be the least. In order for you to be first, you got to be last. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. The avoidance of the process to try and take a shortcut. But let me remind you, there are no shortcuts into the kingdom of God. There are no shortcuts in the spirit of grace. God says, I'm going to take you up by bringing you low. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because they love not their lives unto death. That means they were willing to lay it all on the line. Doesn't your Bible says, if you seek to save your life, you've lost it. But if you lay it down, you'll find it again. The only thing I get to keep is what I give away. The only thing I get to remain in authority over is what I surrender. And that is the, the requisite. They overcame by this. And the spirit of grace comes upon you. Romans 8.21 tells us, here is what it says, that, that that spirit of bondage, that spirit of corruption, that spirit uh, of, 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 of slavery, to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the Bible says. John 10 verse 10 says the thief comes to steal. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. He comes to take what is not his. He comes to squeeze the life out of something, but then also beyond death. What's beyond death? Destruction. You see, you can raise the dead. 
Something dead can come back to life. But when something has been destroyed, it is irreparable. It is unfixable. You cannot put it, if, if your leg is broken, it can be healed. If something's dead, it can be raised. You may not believe that, but your Bible says we have what's called resurrection power. And Philippians tells us that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That is the ability to raise what is dead. Romans tells us for, tells us that Jesus quickens the dead. He raises the dead. We know that. But there's something beyond death called destruction. See, in the kingdom of light, there's blessing 30, 60, and 100 fold. There's inner court, outer court, holies of holies. There's Passover, Pentecost, and, and, and tabernacling with God. Passover, the Lamb of God. We eat the Lamb of God. Uh, Pentecost, we're filled with the Spirit of God. But tabernacle, we habitate with God. We've not seen the fullness yet. But in the enemy's camp, they've got three, three levels as well. They've got theft. Letting the devil rob from us. Letting the devil take what is ours. Letting the devil keep what doesn't belong to us. I want to tell you the devil is a thief and he's stealing what's not his. He's taking joy. He's taking resource. He see all sickness is, is theft of your health and healing. And it's a manifestation of premature death. When sickness manifests, it's premature death trying to steal what's, what, uh, trying to take what doesn't belong to him. But I declare in the name of Jesus, everywhere you've been stolen from, if the thief is found, he must repay you sevenfold. Bless you, Brother Jose. Bless you, Sister Eunice. Welcome to the broadcast. Here is what the scripture says. If the thief be found, he must repay you seven times, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. Deuteronomy 111 says God will make you a thousand times more than you are right now. You're not going to get back what you lost. You're getting back multiplication of the loss. And that's what we have to keep our eyes on. When we're going through the pain, when we're going through the trial, when we're going through the war, but when, when we're going through the opposition, God doesn't have addition for you. God has multiplication for you. He wants to give you back more. Why does he want you to have more? Why would God want your cup to run over? The Bible doesn't say your cup is going to be full. Your cup is going to run over. See, if you have an, a, a flood in your house and you have a pipe that bursts and it gets everywhere, it destroys things. The Bible says there'll be a river in the city. And if you have a river down the middle of a city, you're going to have this order. But what does that mean? That means your cup is not going to be full. Your cup is going to over, it's going to overflow. And when that cup overflows, what's in it is now distributed to others in need. So you're not going to be healed. You're going to have a healing anointing. You're not going to be delivered. You're going to have a delivering grace. You're not going to just get your finances taken care of. God's going to bless you to take care of the needs of the kingdom. Overflow. The scripture says that uh, Romans 8, 21, that all of creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. I'm going to say that again. Everything created, everything that exists shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Are you hearing things? Are you hearing? Are you hearing me? God says all things were made by him and for him. Everything that exists was made by him and for him. Let's read Colossians 1.16. I want you to get this picture in your mind. Every knee will bow. You say, well, after the rapture, after we get caught away, if it only happens after the rapture, the door of grace is closed. 
once the church is caught away, which is called in the Bible, the twinkling of an eye, once this happens, the door of grace is closed. So I want to tell you, there's a move of glory that's coming before what we call rapture or the Bible calls it the twinkling of an eye that the mortal puts on immortal and the carnal puts on the spiritual that there's a change that comes. When a vision is seen, the Bible says in the twinkling of an eye, in a split moment, there'll be a something seen in the glory that will cause the mortal to put on the immortal and the carnal man. That's what Enoch walked in. He saw and walked with God. He kept peace with God and God took him. That's called rapture. But that is the fullness of the glory manifesting after we, re we reap the harvest. So let me read this to you. Here's what Colossians 1.16 says. For by him were all things created. By what? The imagination. Now people have used the imagination for good and bad. You want to know why man is on the top of the food chain? Because he has the imagination. The image, nation. Image, logos, thought, idea, nation, collection. You can collect ideas. And that's why man is greater than the lion. Man is greater than the elephant. Man is greater than the rhinoceros. Man is greater than the cheetah. Man is greater than every fish and, and whale and ocean in the ocean. Because man possesses the imagination. And we're not the fastest, we're not the strongest, but we carry the image, konia, the iconia, the, the, the ability to dream, the ability to sit. I was hearing a preacher the other day, and this is a powerful truth. He said, uh, he said this preacher said, He's no longer with us, Dr. Miles Monroe. He said Moses could have flown in a helicopter. He said Moses could have flown in a jet. He said Moses, uh, Moses could, have, could have went on a speedboat. He said everything needed to build the helicopter was in Moses' day. Everything needed to build an airplane that was needed was already in the earth. The innovation to create it had not yet been manifested. So God didn't put anything new in the earth. Whatever molecules, whatever cells, whatever structure, what was missing? A revelation. The ability to understand was missing. So God is telling you, see, you're about to see what I hadn't seen and ear hadn't heard or hadn't into the heart of any man. Where you see the miracles of God in a way, it's called the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. All things were made by him, the imagination, that are in heaven, that are in earth, that are visible, that are invisible, whether the thrones, dominion, principalities, and powers, they were created by him, and they were made for him. Verse 17, and he was before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body to the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. You understand how powerful that those three verses are? That everything that exists, that everything created came out of God. Whether the thrones, whether the dominions, whether the power, whether the visible, whether the invisible, everything was made by him and everything was made for him. He's going to get this called the restoration of all things, Ephesians tells us. That there will be a restoring of everything that was taken. It'll all come back under every knee. Well, you say that's only if the millennial reign. I believe, yes, you will see a thousand year millennial reign that those who overcome and come back with him will rule a thousand years in the earth and you will see Satan locked up and they will. it will be a, 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 a universal glory. I, that's all I'm going to say getting into that. It will be every, every place, every area that of his kingdom, there will be no end. 
that includes other planets. That's a whole other message. But for by him, everything was made visible, invisible. Principalities, dominions, powers. Dominion is, uh, of course, rulership. Principalities, powers, authority, dominion, thrones. So these are exousias and dunamises. All authority, all authority and dunamises were created by him. And now all will bow for him. And he's before everything. So before anything exists, there was he, there was Christ. And because he's first, everything is subject. He's, he is the first and the last. He is the eldest of all creation. And everything is subject. Spirits are subject. Demons are subject. Powers are subject. Rulers are subject. All of creation is subject. And it's waiting for Jesus to manifest. You see, when he first manifests at 30, everything in creation celebrated a fully developed son. Everything in creation celebrated. At 30 years old, he fulfilled all righteousness. I'm out of time. He was baptized and the Bible says came out of the water. He submitted to the baptism of John. John said, I'm not worthy to tie your shoes. Jesus said, suffer it so to fulfill all righteousness. Even Jesus submitted to the old. Even Jesus submitted to the authority that was before him, even though it was passing away. And yet you feel you're too, too anointed to submit to your authority. You feel it's not necessary. But a heaven will never open until the previous season of the previous generation and this generation merge together. Fathers and sons must come for there to be an open heaven over the kingdom inheritance. So John baptizes Jesus under the spirit of Elijah because the Bible says the greatest of those born of a womb was John and John according to Jesus operated in the spirit of Elijah so when John baptized him Elijah baptized him and the window of heaven opened and the Bible says God tore the heavens open and now everything created heard the word of Abba the word of the pater the sustainer the creator the ruler of everything that exists say this is my son this is my beloved son this is the one I'm well pleased. Everything existed, heard it. The plants and the animals, the sun, the moon, and the stars, they all heard the decree and they begin to rejoice. The, they said, I haven't seen this since Adam fell. The earth and the moon and the stars and the plants and the animals and the waves and the oceans and the angels and the demons looked in the earth and saw a manifested sun, the first begotten, not the only the first begotten of the womb, the only begotten from the womb, but the first of many. The Bible calls Jesus the firstborn among many brethren. He was the first and everything that created saw the glory on a man, the fullness of God on a vessel and everything submitted because they said, yes, sir. The, the plants, yes, sir. The ocean, yes, sir. The devils, yes, sir. The angels, yes, sir. The legs, the eye sockets, yes, sir. The bread, the, 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 the fish, whatever you say. The ocean, yes, sir. This sun was fully developed into full maturity, completeness and alignment in, in, in earthly authority and heavenly stature. And the Bible says for three and a half years, anything he said he had. And then the father said, give me it back. Now go let yourself die. Give me back that power. I don't know how many of us could be trusted that if God gave us that power and then God said, give it back to me, you would give it back. 
because everything God gives to you, he eventually asks you for it back to test your heart. He gives you, Isaac says, give him back to me. Whatever he gives you, give it back to me. And if you give it back, there's more waiting. And so Jesus let himself die. And the Bible says when he gave up the ghost, he let himself die. The sun refused to shine. The sun got angry and said, I'm not going to shine. Poof. The Bible says the earth saw the sun and saw him be sowed back into, earth, to, to, into the lower parts of the earth. And they saw the sun die. And the earth got angry and it started tearing itself into pieces. It says the rocks looked in creation and saw the first manifested sun since the fall of Adam fall the second Adam fall and they saw him they, they saw him die and the rocks got mad and burst into two boom imagine sun won't shine imagine earth is shaking imagine rocks are breaking into pieces everything created is is groaning again no not again not again not under a curse again no but the Bible says on the third day he rose up with power. He preached to the spirit in prison. Are you hearing me? He, spe he preached to those spirits in prison. And on the third day, he crossed the chasm. All we know there's chasms there that are uncrossable. He crossed this uncrossable chasm. And he brought, he made a way out of the lower parts of the earth. And the Bible says he emptied the graves and the saints of old were seen in the city. I'm in Matthew 27 and 28 now. And he went to the holies of all and he put the blood on the mercy seat. So now you and I have a way into that same identity that you can be a son or daughter of God, but you can't forsake your process. You can't give up on your development. Development leads to destiny. Process leads to purpose. There are no shortcuts. You can't take the, you can't take the bribe of the devil right before you're going to come out with power. Imagine Jesus waited 30 years, maybe 29 years, 11 months, and 29 years, 11 months, or 29 years and 10 months and 20 days. He had 40 days, 40 days before he stepped into his destiny and he was offered shortcuts. He was offered the easy way around. He was offered, uh, he said, you can have the glory of all the kingdoms if you'll just worship, if you'll just compromise, if you'll just take the shortcut, if you'll just do what's easy, if you'll just fall down and worship me, not God. Worship your own idea. Worship someone else's opinion. If you'll forget what God told you, because most of the time before we're offended, God will talk to us and tell us what the word of God is. And then offense will come and it'll test the word. Do you really believe what God said? God told you financial miracles are coming, but then your money got funny. God told you a miracle anointing was coming and you would heal the, you would heal nations and you would have a great healing ministry greater than Benny Hinn. Wonderful. But then now people in your family are getting sick. You got sick. God told you you'd have a ministry of marriage, healing and delivering marriages around the world and you're on the verge of divorce. What do you do? Do you forsake the word? Do you pack up camp? Do you forget what God said and make another plan? Or do you hold to the promise? Do you lift the word and said, even if you kill me, yet will I trust you? That's what Job said. Job lost his children. I said he lost his children. He lost his health. He ended up with boils covering him from the from his head to his feet. 
The Bible says he lost his cattle. He lost his sheep. He lost his homes. Tornado came and knocked down all of his home. Everything he had was gone. His wife looked at him and said, curse God and die. The one who should have been there to support him. His three friends came to, came to fast with him a few days. And after a few days, I said, wait a minute. You had to be sinning somewhere. Something's wrong with you for this, this much evil to be coming. And now his friends became his accusers. And everyone's telling him, curse God and die. His wife is telling him, go ahead, just curse God and die. That's what the devil will tell you. And Job said, though he slay me, even if he kills me, I trust him. And that's when the recovery of Job began. When you come to that place of settling in your heart, God didn't change his mind, sir. We got offended. We got hurt. We changed our minds. God didn't change his mind. God told you what he would do. God spoke it to you. Here is the problem. God is looking for men and women who can be sons and daughters who would lead creation. I'm out of time. The Bible says, Romans 8, 21, that all of creation, everything that exists will be delivered from the bondage of corrupted leadership in government, in business, in arts and entertainment, in sports, I said in sports, I said in sports, some things are about to come out of the closet. That's all I can tell you, some skeletons are going to come out of the closet in sports. You're going to see what God does, how he exposes the deception. And I'm not against all sports. I happen to like sports, but the Lord said they've made it an idol. And the powers that be are going to be exposed in sports. Watch it. It's coming to pass. The Bible, in media, in government, in in education systems. He said, I'm going to bring an end, Romans 8, 21, because the creature itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of God's mature sons and daughters. I don't want a big ministry. I want maturation. I don't want a lot of money. I want to be trusted by God. I want God to look at me and say, I can trust that man. I can look upon that daughter and I can trust her because she'll be faithful in the hard times and in the bad. That's a covenant man. That's a covenant woman. God examined Abraham for 99 years plus before he even gave him the promise. Then he said, put your promise back on the altar a couple years later. And he said, yes, God. Then God said, now I know I can trust you. Now I know you love me more. So here's the covenant. I will make you a father of many nations. That's how God does. He never wants to take from you. He always wants to get to you. He never wants to rob you. He never wants to take away from you. He's always looking to give to you. That is the nature of God. And that is the nature of God's men and women. Even when God, it looks like he's being selfish. You say, well, God's not selfish. Maybe leadership is. Even if God appoints the leadership, even when the prophets has put the last in the mouth of the prophet, that's, I, I can imagine the, the video. I can imagine the, the newspaper article. The prophet Elijah steals the widow's last bread, taking food out of the mouth of, of, of a baby boy. The Bible says that the widow was going to eat enough for her and her child and die. So this was their last meal. And imagine the headline, prophet Elijah steals their last I'm not about to pick up an offering. I'm telling you these are the principles of God that when she put 
her last in the mouth of the prophet, in the mouth of God, actually, in the mouth of the mouthpiece, she got the harvest that was in the mouth of the man of God. Because God said through the prophet, there will be no rain except at my word. Where was the rain? In the mouth of the prophet. The future was in the mouth of the prophet. So when she put her seed in the mouth of the prophet, she got the rain that was coming in the future. So her oil never ran out and her flour never ran out for many days until the harvest came. Are you understanding this? It doesn't make natural sense. I understand. But God says, I want you to move from glory to glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray right now over every listener that is under the sound of my voice. I ask you to heal. I ask you to strengthen God, you said that you would bring deliverance from the spirit of bondage and corruption into glory, freedom from God's sons and daughters who are developed into destiny. I ask you, Lord, make us those men, make us those women, make us those rulers and leaders, make us those vessels of honor that are operating as soldiers of Christ, as kings and priests, as rulers in this last day. I pray the grace of your spirit would settle on every listener of your word today and that we would be well, that we would be strong, that we would be those who are moving in the place that God has ordained us. I ask you now that you would strengthen the hearts of your people, that those who are in need of a miracle today, be that miracle to them, but let that miracle lead them to a heart encounter with you. Miracles don't change the heart. <clears throat> Miracles don't change the heart of a man. Miracles don't change the heart of a woman. Ask the children of Israel. But I pray that that miracle would open the heart, that we would be renewed and redeemed in the corridors of our heart, that the chambers of our spirit would be well, that your goodness and your mercy would abound, and that you would get glory and honor. I ask this now according to your word and according to your promise. In Jesus' name, if you agree, somebody say, amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.